Hi, I'm Gwen, and this is Hey, You Should Read This, the podcast where I give and take recommendations from my friends and the internet on the books I really should have read already. And it's a bit windy as I'm recording this, so I apologize if there are just random wind-related noises, but we're going to go with it. This week we're talking about Every Heart a Doorway by Seanan McGuire, which is a portal fantasy Well, okay, let's start from the beginning. A portal fantasy is a type of fantasy that is like, someone goes through a door to a different magical world. So examples of this are like Alice in Wonderland or Narnia. And this one is a little bit of a play off of those in the sense that our main characters come back from their portal worlds to the quote-unquote real world and have to cope. I've been describing this book when people have asked me what I've been reading as what if Alice came back from Wonderland and had to cope. So if that gives you an idea, that that's sort of what we're working with. Um, and this book was recommended to me again by the internet, as a lot of my books are. Um, specifically by Kayla from Books and Lala on YouTube. Um, Love her stuff. It's great. And I think that might have been the first place I'd heard of this. I feel like I heard about it when it first came out in 2016. It's been on my radar for a while. Or maybe I heard about it on like lists of books that had good representation of some kind um but I heard about it most recently from Books and Lala when I don't know her personally but she did a reread of this entire series and I was like oh I should probably read that because I've been meaning to do it for years so as established this is a portal fantasy which is a sort of subgenre of fantasy that I'm discovering that I love. I hadn't really, like, I liked the concept. Like, I liked, you know, Alice in Wonderland, the film as a kid, and I liked the Narnia films as a kid, but I hadn't really interacted with the concept in this way, I guess. Um, but I really, really loved this. Um, there were characters... I adored specifically Cade and Jack. Cade seemed so like thoughtful and protective and nothing bad should happen to him ever. I adore him so much. Um, Jack was like weirdly relatable in a mad scientist kind of way. Uh, For those who don't know, I went to school for a science degree, so Jack was a vibe and I loved her so much. Um, Overall, this book was a little bit darker than I expected. Like, I was just, you know, by all the blurbs and stuff I had read, it was just, like, people come back from different other worlds and have to, like, adjust. Which, it had the vibes to me of a kind of Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, in the sense that there's, like, this weird eccentric woman that not a lot is known about who runs 
a school in a giant old house for weird kids with magical related experiences. Um, but it was darker than I expected because no one had warned me that there was a murder mystery involved. There's a murder mystery involved. Like, it's a, it's a bit gorier than I've described my taste to be. Like I said in the trailer for this podcast that I don't handle gore really well at all. Like, I don't know, but... This was fine. I I managed this fine. It didn't make me queasy or lightheaded or anything. But it, it does go there. It com- it commits to the bit of this is a locked room murder mystery. Um, so it was darker in that sense, but not too gruesome that it wasn't enjoyable. And it wasn't like there was quips undercutting the darkness of it. It just... It was described in a way that, like, you knew what had happened, but not in a way to make it so absolutely horrifying that you had to put the book down. I I don't really have a good way of, like, scaling this for gore. Maybe I should come up with that. Um, I was sad for Sumi, though, who is a great character, and I wish we got to see more of her. Like, I get why what happened to her happened it was a little bit of plot plot fodder um and i'm not going to go too deep into that for spoiler purposes i we're episodes into this podcast and i still haven't decided if it is a spoiler no spoiler situation so we're just like edging around the spoilers in a way that i will mention that things happen but not specify what they are i don't know um But I was sad that we didn't get to see more of Sumi because Sumi is great and wonderful. Um, And it felt a little bit plot foddery with what happened to her. Not not terribly, but like you could see that it was coming a little bit. Um, At least for me. And I was the reason I was so sad besides her being amazing and wonderful is that she is the one character who is described like in a more specific way she is described as being of Japanese descent and that is the only sort of specific mm, I don't want to say character diversity that's not the word that's the only kind of specific ethnic description of a character we get or like of a character's descent that changes maybe or like affects how you picture them and like put them into the context um and we don't hear about her experiences past the inciting incident this is the way of me not describing what that incident is because i feel like it's more impactful um if you don't know uh any if you haven't read the book I don't want to spoil that for you, um, but there is also nothing saying that the other characters aren't people of color. Like, it's not like Sumi is described as being the singular person of color in this book. It's just she is the only one who is clearly specified to be, but I 
like when I was imagining these characters in my head, they weren't all just like generic white, like YA protagonist movie poster characters. There was diversity there, but she was the only one specified, which kind of made me additionally sad to see her go. Um, also, everyone was narrated super distinctly to me. I could tell, like, who was talking, especially Kate. Kate has a very thick accent like deliberately described that way, read that way. I listened to the audiobook narrated by Cynthia Hopkins, by the way. Loved that. It was great. Had a great time. That audiobook clocked in at four hours, 45 minutes, which if you don't know this about me, I love a short story. I have a reading goal this year to read a book a week and I am a touch behind by about four or five books um, of the 52. But I try not to read just to like make up the goal, but also I like the short story for like numbers purposes. If you're being like, hey, look, I feel accomplished and I've read all of these different things. But additionally, the short story is great or the short audiobook or whatever is great. If you are in a slump, as I have been uh, with your reading, or if you want to feel accomplished, or if you just want to see how much of a story can be packed into that short of a time, because a short story executed well is fantastic. If it's not dragging itself out over hundreds more pages than it needs to be, don't force it to be that. Let it be what it is in the amount of time it needs to take up to be effective, right? So I was, when I had, you know, looked into getting this book from my library, I was thrilled to see that it was so short. And it wasn't even like a first reaction, oh, I'll be able to catch up on my reading goal kind of way. It was a, I'm excited to see how this really well-received and well-respected book does what it does in such a short amount of time. And that was exciting to see. It's also relevant to mention that I grabbed the sequel in audio halfway through my reading of this book. I had gotten like two hours in, maybe a little bit over, and I was instantly like, obviously I'm going to read the sequel of this. Duh. Like, I, it hooked me, I was in, I'm invested, I need to know what happens to these kids. Oh my gosh. I am so in it. When I finish recording this, I'm going to go listen to the sequel. And that sequel is narrated by the author. So that'll be interesting to see. Like, I'm always interested, especially with nonfiction, to see how, like when the author narrates their own work, you feel, it feels at least to me more like you're hearing it as the author intended. With fiction, I'm I'm less picky about it. Um, and if you can do good character voices, go do your character voices. If you, if you can get me in it, 
in an audio format, it doesn't need to be the author. But if the author has a very specific way they want these characters to sound and they are like vocally able to achieve that, if they are able to do the voice or the accent or whatever, I want to know about it. So that'll be exciting to hear. Um, but as I said, this first one was narrated by Cynthia Hopkins. She did a great job. Loved that. All of her voices were very distinct. She got me invested in these people in less than five hours. Well done to everyone involved in making that happen. I appreciate you. Uh, that was all I had really in my notes here for Every Heart a Doorway. Though I will say really quick that the world building is super intriguing to me. There are different portal worlds on different sort of directional axes, I guess. Um, so like there's the real world in quotes. It's not more real than any of the other worlds, but the real world, the, the one you're used to. And then there are all these different other worlds that are on different axes like nonsense and whimsy and logic and rhyme and you can combine them to make really interesting interesting spaces to play in I think I think that's a really great part of the world building where you will be like okay what happens if we combine, I don't know, whimsy and logic. How is something whimsical and also incredibly highly logical? Or what happens if you take a high logic world and put like a veneer of nonsense over top so it seems very nonsensical, but actually there are strict rigid rules underneath. I'm really excited to, in the sequels, I'm assuming we explore other worlds with other characters and like I'm excited to see how that goes I want to know more I'm just very into it and I just realized I never even talked about our main character Nancy which is really interesting to get towards the end of a podcast episode about this book and realize you haven't done because Nancy is kind of intriguing in a really like quiet way which sure um, Nancy came back from a portal world where she was expected to stand still and make no noise. And the intriguing part about it is that, like, she has thoughts and perspectives and all of this stuff, but you don't get as much interiority from her as you do from some of the other characters around her. In the sense that when I read it, it felt a little bit like she was designed like a supporting character, but she was in the main role. Or not designed like a supporting character as much as she felt, she didn't feel undeveloped as much as we didn't get to know as much about her or like her interior experience as you do with a lot of young adult fantasy. Like, I don't know Nancy's every thought and feeling about everything she's just very quiet and stoic 
And it's really interesting to think about that as like a perspective where she feels supporting character-ish in the amount of information that I know about her, but she's also the fish out of water dragging you through this whole story. Dragging not meant in a derogatory sense, but like you are the fish of, out of water along with her and she doesn't provide a lot of insight to what she is feeling whereas characters like Cade or Jill or Sumi have a lot more to say and like insight to offer in part because they've been doing this longer than Nancy has but I don't know I've been thinking about Nancy like constantly ever since I've finished the book and trying to figure her out. She's so interesting just as a concept. Anyway, I loved this book. I highly recommend it. Even if you don't think you're into uh, portal fantasy or super gruesome stuff, this isn't overly gory or grisly. Um... <laughs> Some stuff did happen where I was like, okay, pause the book. We're, we're not going to read that while eating. But uh, it worked out fine. I really enjoyed this. So thank you to Kayla from Books and Lala for bringing it back to my attention, I suppose. In the unlikely event that you are going to be listening to my podcast. Thanks. Um... But that's all for me on Every Heart a Doorway by Seanan McGuire, for real this time. And remember that transcripts for this episode and every episode are available at thegirlinthechair.com slash podcast. And we also have an email, hello at thegirlinthechair.com, where you can recommend books or offer your thoughts, uh, you know, the normal stuff you do with podcast emails. And I will see you next time. Hopefully the wind wasn't too noisy. We're gonna, we're gonna check it out and see. All right. See ya.